Hello and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fancast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story So Farscape. Farscape. Oh man, I've I have been so looking forward to this episode. Mm. For a very long time, I I I remember feeling just how different like this was at the, at the start of season four. Yes, that it felt just very different than than Farscape had. Been. Oh, absolutely! Right, yeah. that uh, very much a change of pace, a change of tone, even. Right, uh, and I was really curious how that would feel coming back to it after uh, after quite a long while. Well, my feelings on the first part are like I've lost a hundred points on betting that this would be an Aaron episode, so those are down the drain. It was a conservative bet. <laughs> it was yeah. true. true. But yes, oh, that was quite a different little thing they're going on there. And yeah. I'm excited to watch the next part, but yes, let's talk me. about this one first, shall we? <laughs> I know we're already delving into it. <laughs> yes, we're talking about season four, episode two, What Was Lost, part one, Sacrifice. Wow, yes. Hey, it's not the worst. At least there's no sheep pun in it this time. Fair, fair. In which, whilst waiting for Dad to pick them up, the crew hang out in a dig site haunted by priests with a catchy theme song. <laughs> the creature of the Black Lagoon is up to no good. A new captain brings an enemy to heal, literally. And we are introduced to a new peacekeeper interrogation method. Thank you, Marky C. And in which the BDSM subtext becomes text. Yes, thank you, Nazi. Well observed. Very, very true. <laughs> there is no denying that one. And the, and the official synopsis, more of the crew are reunited, and while they discover the secrets of an ancient civilization, a serious threat looms. That's nice and vague, isn't they didn't, it? Also, they didn't discover any secrets. No, they... Well... Kind of working on towards it, but they're not actually, no secrets have actually yet been well, discovered. Well, there was one. Oh, the little pyramid thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not. A, it's more like a caltrop or actually a D4. Yes, yes. The the, the Rosetta Stone of the uh, Uncharted Territories, I, I had believe. that written down as well. <laughs> I didn't write yeah. it down. It just popped into my head right now, but yes. Yeah, yeah. A reference to the uh, truly, truly wondrous discovery of, I think it was a column originally the the, the Rosetta Stone mm. which contained the same message in three languages allowing one the Egyptian hieroglyphs yeah. to be decoded like just the the elation that linguists and historians must have felt when that, that came to light yes yeah, we don't know what this one is I think there were two variations of Egyptian or and one of them was ancient Greek yeah I want to say Greek and oh two of them are from the same linguistic family Right. And again, we have something. We're going to get to that, aren't we, when it comes up? Or shall we talk about it now? Let's do it. <laughs> so, yes, the, this little thing that John picks up, and it has something on it that might be ancient Sebation. The other language is whatever the name of Jewel species is again. Uh, interion. Interion. Or interion. Well, it's called an Interion. The Interions. This one's Interion. Most Interions. Depending interion, on who. In, interior or... Uh, uh, Dalmatians and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you can you can tell that we're we're early in a season where not everybody pronounces everything the same way and they haven't got it quite right. Like I heard Rigel call Sikozu 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 Sikozu. Yeah, oh that's Captain Boobwind though, right? Uh no, that's oh. uh, Sputnik. Sputnik. Yes. Oh right, she's yes, her the, with uh, the hair, yes. With the hair, that's right. Ah. That narrows it down. And uh, yes, uh, Commander Cleaveridge, I believe. She sure does does love to show off the goods. She does, and it has special properties too. So we're discovering. Hey, yeah. If we start with the uh, the sort of previously on. 
Previously on Farscape. Did you notice that there were shots in there that we hadn't actually seen before? I was kind of wondering about that. Let me have a quick look through the Jeeves. We have this, we have Yeah, that, that. was with, uh, with Grazer and Braca and Scorpius. Right, yes, Scorpius. If an officer superior to you orders it, I will similarly execute you without hesitation. So says every one of your psychological evaluations, Captain Bracker. Grazer is a manipulator. I understand you no longer have a ship to command. So these scenes were filmed for the uh, for the opening episode for uh, uh, for Crichton Kicks, and they were cut for time, as is usually the case. Yeah. And there was no real good way to sort of integrate them as a as a flashback, but it would be valuable information for longtime fans mm. to understand how the power structures change has been shifted around. Yes, I did like I did notice that shot where uh, John is holding uh, Pilot's hand, which I only didn't realize it was Pilot's hand until much later in the episode. At first, it kind of looks like he's picking up a pangolin or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's really cute. <laughs> yes, I see what you mean now. The the, the sort of little armored is, sort of yeah, exactly. mammal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like curls up around his hand. It looked really cute. Okay. Like, Pangolins just are really cute. They, they Sometimes they do this thing where they walk on their hind legs and they mm. clutch their, 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 their front paws together like a, like a little worried butler. Mm. I yeah, use no, butlers as, a lot of metaf- as metaphors a lot. I'm they're realizing. adorable, Pangolins. They really are. But so we're introduced to the situation where we are, which is uh, John and Stikozu on uh, uh, the dying elderly Leviathan Elak together with, uh, uh, with a female pilot who has promised to ferry them to a planet where they believe their friends might be. Yes. Uh, she says, like, oh, this planet's uninhabitable, very strong magnetic fields, very dangerous. But no, apparently that it becomes habitable for... A couple of days every so many cycles. Yeah, due to strong magnetic summers, which uh, are, right. are antithetical to complex life. Yes, they're convinced that they're going to find their friends here, and the uh, and pilot is w- more than willing to help them go there, even though the fact that she is dying, which she spends most of the episode doing. It's really heartbreaking to watch that, but... Uh, yeah, because presumably, like, she and Elak are, are feeling the same thing, like, approaching the yes. end of their life and just exhaustion and still required to do all this all this stuff. All well, this they, were, they were, like, happy to go and die in the sacred place and yeah. decided to go and help them anyway. So, uh, which is so very, noble. Yes. Sparky, can you fix scan? I'm trying. Come here and hold this. Hold them yourself. I love how they're constantly holding this green glowy sack around the entire episode. Nothing's ever talked about what it is, but first you see Chiana with it, uh, and later on you see uh, Rigel with it when he's in Pilot's Den. Yeah, it's something to do with the uh, with a the console there that's being like removed or no idea what it is, or whether it's a gem maybe, maybe or it's whatever. the leftover uh, glow stick juice they had from uh, the other scenes with Scorpius. <laughs> <laughs> they must have gone through a lot of that. Yes, well. <laughs> Black leather and glow stick juice. That's the Farscape formula. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we're treated to a shot of. Let me see that I that I that I say it correctly. I think this is Middlehead in Sydney Harbour. This location, and it's one that we've actually seen before, way, 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 way back oh. when in uh, in season one, thrown for a loss. I mean, are we talking about these ragged cliffs? Is that Sydney Harbour? Well, I, I, I mean, this is what I have in the, in the notes. Okay. This, may, this may be a stock photo. Yeah. Actually, now it's quite It's not a photo. Possible. It's actually, it's, it's actually moving. It's like, but it's clearly... And it does jump off at the end, so it must have been fairly close together. Yeah. Uh, followed by a wonderful matte painting of, a, uh, of the archaeological dig. 
with yeah, some like pyramidal like structures around it. Also, what I'm finding quite interesting about this is hmm. I, I noticed just now this whole archaeological dig, the area surrounding it, is quite barren. Mm-hmm. Whereas later on, when they're traipsing about, there's it's kind of jungly. There's lots of plants and stuff on the surface. Yeah, I think I get. Yes, I get what you're what you're talking about, and I think maybe that this was sort of a little uh, writing boo-boo because it was necessary for the old woman to be hiding in some bushes at some mm. point. And then, yeah, okay, we're going to have to have some bushes then, I guess. Right. Otherwise, what's she going to be hiding in? But yeah, this is gorgeous. There's a, there's a, there's a, real, a real sense of scale making excellent use of the widescreen format. We're going to go check it out. Hey, Crichton, don't get out without me. I don't want to be here when Psycho zaps the final Zulk. John and Chiana take one of the modules down to the planet. Yes. And what I don't understand is why Sikozu, 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 Sikozu. That's how she introduces herself. Okay. Uh, and Rigel stay on board the Leviathan. I suppose it's an emergency backup in case they need to leave again because of the magnetic fields. But to me, it would have made more sense if everybody just piles into the transport, goes down to the planet, and the Leviathan goes back to the elephant graveyard with her uh, last yeah. legs. There's... There's been a lot of unspecified or unspoken plans. You, you, you already saw it at the end of, uh, of season three when people talked about going their own way. Mm. You don't actually see them do it. You don't get a, for everyone a no. real concrete idea of what they're going to do. Yes, Dargo's going to find Macton, but you don't see him leaving. Mm. And here as well, like, there's this weird sort of placidity for a lot of the, a lot of the episode as they don't really have an immediate plan, sort of waiting around for Moya to return. Yes, or which something. is also not specified why Moya is gone, where they're off to. Yep, yep, yep. Like, uh, uh, Crichton asks Jewel what happened with that wormhole and says, oh, I don't remember, but look at this. Moya got spat out like a furball. How the hell is that Stop, happen? that's all I remember. Please, Doug has gone to find the weird old lady and she'll explain what happened. She spoke to Pilot for Arns, Okay. Now, talk to the old woman. She she talked, and then the right. old woman doesn't know either. Or won't well, the old say. woman is still. I was thinking like of referring to her as either Ogma from uh, the Dark Crystal, or maybe just the Cocaine Fairy, because that's what she's doing constantly <laughs> this entire episode. I know. And blowing powder in your face in someone's <laughs> face is no way to calculate dosage. Oh no! Don't. You have absolutely no idea what's going. Well, to it does go kind of wrong for her, but of course that's part of the due to the magnetics as well. I'm still f- firmly convinced <laughs> yeah. that she is the one who is f***ing around with people, because everybody is acting out of character. Dargo is not acting entirely right-minded. Uh, huh. Yeah, everybody's acting a little bit funny. I mean, John is obviously acting a lot funny, but yeah, he's, he's getting the cocaine blasts to the face constantly and the boob juice from the commander. So yeah, yeah. John is John is getting a lot of head mess, messed around with. So I'm, I'm not convinced that everybody here is acting entirely accordingly to what... And you are creeping a gorgeous Sorry. poker face here. Uh, you're it's welcome. Like, you're welcome. Like, I can see Kaki struggling here to like, keep his face in. Like, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> you're entirely correct. I was just sort of calculating how, how, how I'm going to uh, join you here because... I've told you that season four, like it was, it was, it, it was renewed, and it was uh, a part of sci-fi, and this is something that, as a fan at the time, you could you could sort of get that they were really trying to expand the audience. Yeah, and so there was season four was an opportunity for reinvention, and you also see how 
slowly characters are being reintroduced. Like, Pilot's still not back yet. No. Aaron, obviously, she's still not back yet. We didn't have Scorpius and, and, and Bracca at all in the, in the in the first episode. Like, they're being drip-fed in oh, okay. so that new viewers yeah. can, can sort of get it. Slowly get an idea of who these people are and what the backstory is about them. And uh, Right. Yeah. So you also asked about when we, when we first see Jewel, oh, her hair's red. Doesn't that mean that she's, you know... Right, yes. That she's, like, anxious or uh, angry. I mean, that, that makes sense in my theory that people are being messed with like that she's on edge because uh, oh. you know i'm not i'm not <laughs> entirely right. uh, that, that kind of fed into that mind uh, game for me so it's really hard to tell what is what is mind fuckery which mm. is definitely happening we, yeah. right uh, or what is deception which is a Probably hallmark also. of uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a farscape and what are new creative choices yeah. Right. In a in in a new season, you have an opportunity to to reinvent yourself. Like you saw the Crichton that we saw in Crichton Kicks is a very different Crichton than we've seen before. He's yeah. he's drunk and he's expressive and like I don't know. I mean, he's had periods of that before. And and Chiana is a much more hardened person. Yes. Right. Yes. She's. Uh, no, there's there's there, there's a reference to that in this episode as well about like what she had to go through. Uh, during their uh, stint away. Yeah. We spoke about that uh, during the last episode. And, yeah, it clearly shows that she has uh, matured because of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm scabbed over right. what uh, youthful joy yeah. she uh, she used to have. Oh, so she still has some of that. But she, yes, has, become, she has become a little bit more cynical. And uh, Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great loss. But so, like, as they're exploring these these passageways and these tunnels, and they all look great. They're so dark. Yes. And so I'm wondering if they'd, like, went into some sort of quarry or something. Because it kind of feels like a lot of, like, the limestone quarries that we went to a couple of years ago. You know, the oh, ones in, yeah. uh, in Limburg. It kind of had that feel about them. I was, I was looking at the walls to see if there was, like, tooling marks or anything, or if it's just constructed out of plywood and uh, plaster, which is probably what it is, but... When you when you have to film in tunnels, I think you generally want to build them yourself because yes. then you can more easily move equipment around. Yes, you can just take walls apart and uh, like put Probably, lights where you yes, want you them. Yes, you can have a ca- oh, the cameraman needs to be here, but there's a wall here. Well, we'll just take the wall away. It's like yeah. they don't have to see that. It's on wheels. Yeah, and I think we for the first times get to see uh, the male of the species. Oh, for the interiors. Oh yes. Oh no, we did see them in the in the yeah uh, one of our cousins. Yes. What did you do to him? Nothing. He puked on me, then he died. Uh, in fact, the very first one that we see, he, yeah, he upchucks and, uh, and and dies, because yeah, it, she's got a bad feeling, and then Crichton goes, "Whoa, it's not a feeling, feeling, or just a feeling." Okay. Okay. Well, no, I'm getting a bad feeling now as you step <laughs> in some uh, in in some wet. Please give a drop your weapon. And then they turn a corner, and there's a dude there with a with a weapon and some uh, uh, and very cool hair, with a gun strapped to his arm. And yeah, it takes a little bit of convincing. He's very wary of John because he's a Sebastian. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everybody makes that mistake. And then round the corner comes Dargo and Jewel, and it's hugs all around. Yes. Wait, turn it, stop! <laughs> John, Dargo! You're breaking my back, Dargo. <laughs> Look at you! Yeah, it's really me, Prince. No! <laughs> Who is this peacekeeper? Why is he with the trout? She's not a, a trout. Which is great. I love how uh, John and uh, Dargo are, uh, how enthusiastic yeah. they are about seeing each other. But again, it, it immediately feels a little bit 
off. Yeah. So one of the things that I've got written down here is, uh, thank God it's Friday again. Tomorrow is a rest day. Because it kind of oh. felt a little bit like that. Yeah. Especially with the way that uh, Dargo was working uh, at uh, restoring the uh, the archaeological things. Damn, and that's how he right. Was, it kind of felt like Just like, like he was that. you know, rooting yeah. around in the Tanit Garden. Yes. <laughs> it, I, I got a, a same vibe. Uh, wow, there really is a lot of comparison. Like, as, as exuberant as he is about, like, greeting John. Exactly. And- oh, it's so great here. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's fun. <laughs> This is the end of Hyper Rage. I get hugged to death. <laughs> it's so good to see you, Craig. It's so very good to see you. <laughs> and he's had time to do some shopping. He's got a new outfit. Oh, uh, I did notice that his hair looks exceptionally fine. And he does have some sort of pauldron, which we haven't seen before, I think. Yeah, he's got new shoulder guards. He's, he's traded in the sort of leather or pleather for yes. uh, uh, the sort of maroon magenta. Yeah, I mean, uh, his color scheme hasn't to... changed a lot, but... Uh, no, exactly. He's, yeah. he, he knows the colors that he likes, much like uh, like myself and my Sherpa parts that I really mm. enjoy. He's also got these cool gold bracers. The whole look is great. And yet, apparently, he's just been hanging around here with Jewel. Who is super excited. Can you believe it? We're here. We're here and we're alive. And nobody is trying to kill us. She is so, so excited. And she is having the time of her life because she's working on an archaeological dig. And it's all great. And she's so, like... So into it because this is what like she loves to do. I mean, like we, this is yeah. this is where it turns out that she is a ooh uh, scientist isn't probably is not the word I'm looking for. Uh, I mean, she's a student. Like she's she's always had this first year student energy, and that's, yes. and that's kind of still her her thing. Even when she admits to having been a thief, it was always in 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 service of learning more. She wanted to find out cool stuff. And she had this dream of discovering this this legendary temple. There is this legend of this glorious temple here that touched the sky and no one's ever found a trace of it. And I dreamed of discovering it and... Rising up to the sky, yes, which just happens to be where they end up, which just happens to be near the the sacred uh, zone. So we are told, I think, by, yes, Crichton tells pilot that Jewel talked about this planet. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's the planet that they're going to. Apparently oh. somewhere off screen at some point yeah. Jewel was really into this uh, into this planet. So which, it seems, seems like a safe bet to then go try there. If like, oh that planet that I rem- recall her talking about is nearby, well, let's give that a shot. Because yeah. that might be the, where they end up. Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. Why are we searching for this planet? Unesk is uninhabitable. Now, Jewel told us every few cycles the magnetics drop low enough for the dig team to remain there for a while. This episode or this story was originally intended as the season cliffhanger. Oh, as for season three. For season three. Oh. I, I'm not sure whether it was a production or a, or a writing side that it didn't come together or the, the episode wasn't quite finished yet. And so Dog With Few Bones was maybe already being written and, uh, and, and came in. But so no. there were already plans for, for, for this arc of season four. At the end of season three, they would have arrived on this, on this planet. And it might at that point have made a bit more, I don't know, sense. Yeah. But so a choice was clearly made not to talk about this planet during... Uh, dog with two bones. I guess maybe also to give themselves some options in season four. Right, a little bit might. of wiggle room. Yeah, but the consequence I feel even now coming back to it 
is a lot of like a lot of sort of reverse loose ends, as in they tie up, but I'm not sure where they came from as a viewer. <laughs> yeah. That's Sorry, a very I good recently point. rewatched Tenet, so my, my mind is right. all about I mean, I, I recall asking you something like this when we were watching it. It's like, it's like when did this happen? And how did how did Dargo and Jewel wind up on the Right, same and it's like, I was like, remind me how that happened, and like, oh, we don't know. It's no. Like, yeah, uh, and like... Yeah, because my memory is notoriously bad. No, but you're quite right. It we didn't find out, and there's there's so much of that we still mm. don't know the old woman's name. There's a creature. Yes. There's a creature that we just we don't know what he's about. And- no, he, at at some point he seems to be like you know the the little ugly cousin to uh, the granny, but then again he's not entirely on board with her either. Oh, damn! Oh, oh. Creature from Black Lagoon, sorta. Grandma, how you doing? You remember me? Me, Crichton. You, Grandma. Get away, you Nick. Go on, scat. Go on, go on, scat. Go on. Yeah, it's He's weird. Just in yeah. the background, nobody sort of, like John kind of sort of fades him out like okay it's, uh, so we, I'm not dealing with this right so now. yeah we see this actually it's quite cool it's like the shot when he's talking to Dargo and everything is lit in yellows and yes. then he walks into a different part of the underground complex and all the lighting suddenly goes blue uh, we see yeah. this little one-legged thingy creeping up onto, onto the wall which it's looks kind of creepy. It's kind of like a spider with one leg. A monopod bug. It's called a laka, I think yes. the old woman at one point calls it. Laka! Don't have this planet. <laughs> There's, like, John is looking at markings on the wall, and yes, they are kind of vaguely proto-Egyptian, maybe, if you squint a little bit and look at them. Right. Ideographic in right. some form, like there is what, what looks like either a hand or maybe a bushel of grain. Depending uh, I think on it's, how I one think it's a hand. I mean, John clearly thinks it's a hand because he puts his hand over it and then uh, uh, walks off. One too many fingers for him, though, so yeah. who knows? It's also very symmetrical, as if it's got two thumbs. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's underneath what sort of looks like a, a, an Egyptian uh, stylized eye, or yeah. maybe it's another stylized eye. I mean, this this is just fascinating. I, I oh, really, totally. really enjoyed this actual... Yeah, John and Dargo, yeah walk off but then then we get to the creature of the black lagoon like it's a gorgeous underwater shot that must have been like quite hard on the actor like wearing all that makeup and prosthetics and then Dave going LCB for a swim very proud of this oh. so this creature uh, work on it had already begun at the at the end of season 3 when they still thought that this was going to be the uh, uh, the finale mm-hmm. um, and originally it had this animatronic face because they wanted to get away from uh, from humanoids and then as it was uh, sort of shelved for season 4 and maybe expanded into a two part or not entirely sure but then he got the script and oh it's got to be able to do all this thing no we're not putting animatronics underwater thank you fair good point yeah. um, and then so they'd already done some experiments with this suit which they've made out of foam latex for how is that going to interact with water lots of bubbles coming out of it yeah there were some problems as in it wouldn't sink without the actor in it yeah and it wouldn't float back up to the surface with the actor in it which oh, they yeah. yeah yeah and so they, they they worked on this it's a it's a different kind of thing but so it's really good at absorbing water and draining as well oh, so an actor nice. can 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 walk into the into the water and the all this foam will absorb water and then it'll have neutral buoyancy and he can walk out again and in a few seconds it'll drain and he can just walk around again okay very nice and then they built another nine different versions of this suit to be able wow. to do different things yeah it's, yeah right 
Um, so we're introduced to that, and it like it, it seems from the opening cool that you think that it would be more of a thing. I know, and you still don't know what, what his deal is. No. The actor in this suit worked on Farscape before. He was Ben Browder's stunt double in the first season. Oh, okay. So he'd probably also already been to Middlehead for uh, Thrown for a Loss, yep. the, the tabloids. Alex. And this, and this is so all cool. before the intro. Right? Yeah. And the, the camera descends under the water and follows this creature as it swims away. It's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so it cool. It is so cool. And then we get the opening credits. Yeah. Yes, very good. Well, not quite that one. Not quite, not quite the original opening, but I did have, have me wondering for a second if they changed it again, but apparently not. No, but we do hear that phrase returning. Yes. Yeah, you could. Oh, of course. Yeah, ah, very can't, good. Can't miss that. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. I'm so pleased. So I'm really enjoying these, these widescreen opening credits. The <laughs> shots are so much tighter and... We see a very, very excited Jewel with persistently red hair. And even when Triana sort of throws a bit of a fit. Yeah, I was wondering what that was about. Like, she just, like, destroys like, a little piece of whatever is lying around there on the archaeological dig. It looks a bit like a conch cell or something like that. I mean, it may not look like much to the untrained eye. Eyes, okay, princess. Hey, is that valuable? I'm not sure, but I'll run some tests and check. Nice arm. <laughs> what are you doing? As fantastic as this is. I'll take the tour later. And yeah, she has a little bit of a hissy fit and stalks off. I think that's... I, I don't know if there's a term for it, but it's the, the, the type of lashing out that you do when you feel that you're not being understood. Mm. Right? Because Chi is, is in pain and unhappy and people around her are being happy and... Right. Well, she was quite happy when she met she and Jewel met first. They were like jumping around and being all the excited little girls. And uh, sorry, that sounds a bit yeah, impolite, no, but I, they were I, like I they, they, they were jumping around like it frat was, sisters uh, and like she was seeing each other again after summer break. Yeah. I get it. I mean, but yes, she's, I she's actually have it written down here. Like, what what's with Chiana? Like, what what got into her? But mm. no, and you're quite right. I mean, as it was as it was sort of briefly explained. Farscape has done a very poor job of sort of modeling how people should deal with, like, she's traumatized by experiences that she had. Yes. And she's in denial, and people are allowing and accepting that denial and not, like, caring for her as friends could. And then this is what you get. And I guess this is also true for John, who, I mean, he's... He didn't come out of the command carrier unscathed. No. And then he was alone and fearing for his life. And then he was found by Elac, and he was still alone and fearing, fearing for, for his, his life. life. Yeah. Yes, even though that lasted several months, probably. I mean, I don't know how quickly Ben Browder grows a beard. Yeah, exactly. There was some time over that. We um, get a scene between Dargo and Chiana. Which is right, yeah, quite touching when they're just like, they're a little, doing a little bit of reconnecting, but. Uh, Good to see you again, Chi. It leaves you a little bit of wonder. It's like, oh, are they going to get back together again? But no. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, it's a bit, uh, you know, 
bumping into your ex after a year and then like in 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 his case finding out he's been working with Jewel on this planet. Yes. Oh, you and the princess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. You and the princess. And this is where where my feelings about like thank god it's uh, Friday uh, started uh, feeling yeah. like he seemed a little bit too into it. Aha. Yeah. That's uh, and we have our little creature from the lagoon, like peeking around the corner, like a foreshadowing of like things might happen. We don't know what this creature does at this point yet. Yeah, and there's so much of that in this in this episode. That did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy that aspect of not knowing what was what was going on? In a way, um, I you was don't most, have to. Sorry, this no, is not rhetorical. No, I get that. I was mostly like confused and. I mean, they did a really good job at conveying that John has no idea what's happening and he doesn't know what's real and not real anymore. Mm. And that's something that they've been doing since, whatever, since Princess Cocaine uh, started showing up. You, know, <laughs> you can't but, mix your nicknames, though. Sorry, it's not Princess right. Cocaine, it's, it's Lady Cocaine. It's a cocaine fairy. <laughs> the cocaine fairy. Um, I mean, I remember that giving that as a criticism about the, I think it was the season-ending episode. Yes, yeah, like, with two boats. Yeah, you're left in a state of, okay, I don't know what is real as a viewer. And that's, that is kind of frustrating because it, yes. it, it stops you from... Investing. Yes, partially, because it, right. you, you can't form theories. Well, yeah, but it could be something else entirely. And we don't know if this is real. We don't know for a fact if this thing that we saw happen actually did happen. And I don't know whether I should care. I don't know whether I should be worried for someone. Exactly. And that's, that's a very dangerous ground to tread, I would say, for a series. And it all depends on how that's resolved in the end. I would be so curious yeah. to talk to someone whose first episode of Farscape was in season four. Oh, yes. I, no, I can get that, yeah. That would be something. To have no context for these characters, to get to know them bit by bit. And to start watching season four and like, oh, what's yeah. this series? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that was uh, uh, the sci-fi channel's intention. Get a lot more people interested in Farscape and get them on board. Yeah. Like, you can do that with with Stargate in season... Uh, uh, I mean, I never really clicked into into Stargate. I saw some episodes from some seasons, and I never really clicked in until season nine, where the show essentially reinvented itself and cast Ben Browder. So, <laughs> and Claudia Black, well, turns this, out. Well, this... It, it, if anything, I would say this episode has a bit more of a, a Stargate feel to it. Than oh, shit. Yeah, the Egyptian hieroglyphs. Gym, the, like, uh, ancient alien temples, yeah. uh, pathways through the sky. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. All, all kind of stuff like that. It did feel feel a little bit uh, Stargate-y to me. Sunny outdoor locations. Also. Uh, dimly lit tunnels with electric lights <laughs> in them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, yes. John is introduced to Instructor Vela. Right. This is Instructor Vela. Yes, who is the Dutch queen. Ice-cold asshole. Yes. She is, I mean, she's the worst kind of professor. Right? Mm, the yeah. e- extremely superior, dismissive, disdainful. I see why he mistook you for sebation. Same size, weight, colouring... Though the brain cavity appears smaller. Yeah, but my choppers are first class, and I do an excellent turn my head and cough. <coughs> oh, oh, look at this, like, intellectually uh, inferior species, and, yeah. Yep. She is uh, not a pleasant person, and she's here to discover the things. She has found two of the things, and there's a third of the thing missing, and they together they will form a discovery which is greater than anything anybody's ever seen in a thousand cycles. Oops. 
three of these probes, which form the Darnaz Triangle, were launched by enemies of peace. I was going to ask, like, what is your summary of what's going on? And, and now I understand very, very clearly, yeah. The things are probes. Yeah. And the thing is the Darnaz Triangle. Yes. As we, as we gradually learn, these devices, in, in conjunction with each other, were responsible for creating the magnetic storms that ruined this planet. Yes. We, and just, just sort of leaving them lying around. Yeah. And apparently that is because there, there was too much peace on this planet uh, and that had to be stopped. Also, a really good summary. <laughs> and someone just went, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just like saying it as, I, as, I, as the... I get you. This this episode, I've got to tell you, it, it confused even me as a long-time fan, as it, as it did way back in the day. Also because of some of the editing choices. There's, there's a lot of scenes happening. And they're intercut with each other mm-hmm. rather than being allowed to finish one after the other. Yes. Now, I'm sure they must have experimented with the other way, that they originally had these scenes one after the other, and then they were more complete but also unsatisfying in a, in, in a different form. Or this was some kind of like a deliberate effort to to create this kind of tension and uncertainty. Which I think, which I think they've, is what they were going for. I mean, it's the same thing they were doing with successful. the cocaine fairy back in the, at the end of uh, season three. Right, yeah. They're, like they're deliberately creating a what's going on atmosphere. Yeah. There's a hilarious moment where uh, Dargo shows off his uh, ship to Chiana. Uh, uh, yeah. It goes like he speaks some sort of code word and the ship becomes visible. Detroit, And Chiana goes like, oh, it can become invisible now. For a short time. And it immediately goes invisible again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, as if it can only briefly turn visible. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's like it can only go briefly go invisible. So I'm just leaving it invisible. So whenever it, like, the emergency comes along, it's gonna, the invisibility has run out and we have to like, make ourselves known or something like that. It's, it seems weird. But, you know. And that's why he hasn't had such a hard time of it as Chiana has, because like that's one of the things they were they were the peacekeepers were always nipping at our heels. They were yeah. always like a, a, a dench behind me. Why not you? Well, Lola kept me safe, which he named after his ex or his uh, late wife, not well, ex-wife. Yes, exactly. yes. Lola, which is apparently short for Lolan, which doesn't seem like it's very <laughs> short. Must be a Luxon thing, I guess. Maybe there's some extra inflections to the end that he doesn't have to bother with in that case. But it's a, it's a lovely name for a lovely ship, and we can finally stop calling it the Growler. Oh, I like the Growler. Me too. I'm glad you <laughs> said it. A <laughs> uh, little bit of uh, stuff on board the Leviathan with uh, Sikozu and uh, Rigel, who is still looking worse for the wear. Yeah, Rydal's looking after the elderly pilot, but Sikozu is uh, uh, working on getting John's module flight-worthy because... If slash when the Leviathan dies, they're going to need some way off to escape. Right. Yeah, I thought it was a transport module, but I didn't realize it was John's module that she's working on. Yeah, this can be. This is a little bit confusing. Like Elac doesn't have transport pods of its own, right? Uh, but she and Rigel arrived on one, mm-hmm. which was apparently like not serviceable or wouldn't be able to uh, to leave in uh, uh, in. But they did manage. Kicks. But they did manage to get it up and running again enough to go down to the planet on it. Yeah, they had yeah. some time while yeah. Elak was traveling. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. And then we cut back to the peacekeeper world. Yes. Another command carrier, a new one, presumably. And a message has been intercepted of Professor Tightpants uh, sending to we don't know whom. <laughs> ah, yes. Well, Braca explains. Pilot of Moya, 
Crichton and the others are here on Arnesk. Their presence is a source of irritation. Retrieve them now, or we'll have to take our own steps. We intercepted this transmission tomorrow, 60 microns ago. You were right. They did follow the Interion to the planet. Vela was sending a very snippy message to Moya. Oh. Come and pick them up. We're really done with it. Although, you know, the first time that I saw it, it sort of felt like, was she selling them out to the peacekeepers? I know. That's right? ex- that's exactly what, what, what I thought as well. But then, like, we intercepted it. So, clearly, it wasn't a message to the peacekeepers. So, yeah. I was like, okay, who did they send this message? But it was to Moya. Okay, I didn't catch that. But... Yes, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because uh, it's it's one of the things that I think does make sense if you manage to. I mean, we probably should have turned on the subtitles to catch all of the off-screen I was, dialogue. I was thinking of that at one point, especially when Granny was talking. Uh, I was like, okay, what well, she's she's mumbling and what she's saying, and it's like I had to like really yeah. strain my ears to hear what she was saying. And the sort of dialogue that the camera sort of walks away from to follow someone else. Yes, uh, we have uh, Commander Cleaveridge, who is uh, Commandant. Is Commandant Cleaveridge? Sorry. And the term is cleavage. I love cleaverage, but it uh, sort of implies... Yeah, no, there's cleavers involved. Sorry, I'm like, I'm a kitchen person, you know. I mean, she's got got a neck to navel boob window. I kind of just say, I just love her look. She's got these these blue eyes. She's got this uh, 1960s sort of multi-cut boy haircut. And she is laying the moves on now Captain Bracker. Captain Bracker. Yeah. Someone's made a field promotion. Yeah, we saw that in the previously on bit that Bracca talked to her and said, well, as, as soon as I get an order from someone who's more important than you, I'll execute you. And she goes, well, yes, as every psychological profile of you has suggested you would. Mm. <laughs> yes. And she invites him to come and see something. And we see the uh, imagery from Incubator. Yes. Uh, I recognize that as uh, very Scorpius's good. young years. And it's now Scorpius's turn in the uh, Aurora chair. Where is the chair? Which he almost seems to be enjoying. He seems to be rather nonplussed about their efforts at torture. It's like, oh, this, you call this torture? It's, I think I find it rather stimulating. Yes. Until they bring out the uh, party glow stick to put in his brain. Yeah. Like there Again, is- it's like in, in true... Farscape style. <laughs> Nothing is explained about this. They're just like, yeah, oh, you're getting the green one now. Exactly. He only had blue and red ones. I mean, the blue ones turn into red ones after they've absorbed enough heat. Blue for cool, red for hot. Right. Yes, but we don't know what the green one does. Maybe they're mint flavored. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! A sort of eucalyptus in the brain. I know, right. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! That's like having. Doing gentlemen's activities with with sports, but whoa, nope, not Tiger finishing bomb. that. Nope, not finishing that <laughs> sentence. And yes, having that inserted does make him uh, go a little bit more uh, typical uh, Aurora chair-like behavior, i.e., yeah. screaming. <sighs> Don't do this, Bracker. I made you. No, I made you. I think now you will finally tell me. All you know about John Crichton. I told you everything about John Crichton! No, Scorpius. You hold on to secrets because you fear that when you finally do tell me everything, you will die. And you're probably right. And then we see more of this fantastic set, which has multiple levels. We see Vela and Tarnat, I think his name is, the security person, the, the two oh, tier yes. And John just bumps into the old woman, who looks at him sort of nonplussed. Oh, damn! Oh, 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 oh. 
she immediately goes into her I'm just a daft old woman spiel mm -hmm. until she seems to suddenly remember who John is. I remember. You're who, man? Yeah. Uh, all in the meantime, our uh, like creature of the Black Lagoon is lurking in the background. John has to warn him off a few times. But doesn't discourage Like, why is he here? Why does no one care what his story is? Okay, what are you I'm, doing I'm here? One, I'm thinking, like, okay, it's shot like he's trying to protect the cocaine fairy. But, but they're I, coming from opposite hallways. I know. I think he's actually trying to protect John from her. Mm. I think John is misreading this creature's intention because the creature's only ever only good to John. Like, you know, when, when he finds John later when he's being cocained up again and he wakes him up and John again thinks he's he's in the water. Oh, you were trying to drown me. No, no, I was just trying to wake you up. Oh, yeah, good uh, point. And I, I'm betting on the fact that he's the one who's going to rescue John out of the water at the end of the episode as well, which we didn't see. But, you know, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, just, yeah. that's just what my... I think, I think this creature, and I think that because... He shares a lot of similar similar looks with the priests that we later see. Oh, and interesting. They, they the take, sort of they, red coloration. They, yeah, they the... go through a lot of effort of not quite showing the priests. Yeah. But there is a lot of similarities between what we see of the priests and what we see of this creature. It could so, so much be that this is like a, one of the few living descendants. Oh, we're a thousand years down the line. They're going to have changed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, living in the magnetic fields. I mean, he is gorgeous. mm Right, he he looks like an anemone, and he's he's got sort of fish lips and gills, and he's got uh, yes. with fronds like these. Who needs anemones? Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but the cocaine fairy does what she does best. Yeah, she tries to to get John to snort a bug. Oh yes, that's right. She grabs one of the lacas off the. Uh, that's not. That's not a laka. That's a different bug. Isn't it? It's, got the, so. it's got the monopod. It's got a little squeaky oh, okay. uh, then, monopod. I, okay, say, because, no, the Laka's much bigger. Because one of the Laka's later gets sapped by the uh, history gun, and it's much larger than that. <laughs> history gun. I <laughs> love that. I love it. I love it. That's what we're calling it. But so this is her trying to offer John... More drugs. Because he's sad about Aaron not being there. She's she's just refusing the responsibility that he's heaping on here. This is why he wanted to find this old woman. Hey, yeah. you knew she was pregnant and you didn't tell me. Yeah. I didn't keep that secret from you. She did. I just wanted you to accept Aaron's decision. But now, I can help you forget. <laughs> it's cool, right? Yeah, I just wanted you to be aware of your choices or something. And some sort of bullshit line that she's like... Uh, yep. Like, uh, yeah, I, want to be I wanted to respect her choice to not tell you by telling you or something like that. Ah, I have you understood no idea. Yeah. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with someone like this? Yeah, so he uh, he politely declines the uh, the snort. Laka, it's all over this planet. <laughs> Squeeze the juice mees out of it and stick it up your nose. You get a jolt, wham, and for five hundred microns, nothing bothers you. No, think of Aaron, nothing. Get that thing away okay. from me. Away, away. And then we get the sh shot with Jules showing. Um, Dargo, how to use the history unveiling gun. It's very Demi Moore and, and Patrick I know, Swayze right? yes. in, in, in Ghost, right? Except and like they're peeling away the layers of, uh, of ancientness. Because it's kind of, it, it, it literally just restores it. It's not like it's peeling off dust and grime. It literally seems to be restoring this mural. But it's, yeah, there's an energetic pull to the gun. Let it and guide you. And yeah, it's all a little bit Ghostbusters and a little bit uh, Indiana Jones, I guess. 
as an archaeologist, this is the kind of tool you'd want, like a reverse entropy oh, yes. gun sounds great. And Dargo is kind of proud of it. You know, this seems important. We should... Uh, uh, again, like, yeah, you know, it's thank God it's Friday again. It's like, you get, kind of get that feeling that he's way too happy about doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think we've really found something here. We should uh, clean it up and show Avella and stick it up her nose. <laughs> it's a prayer wheel found on every wall in the site, and it would never fit up my nose. Then again, and please admire my poker face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we know that he wanted to be a farmer. Fair. Yeah. Right uh, before he was a warrior, I think he want he he he's, he's been quite explicit. He wanted to be a farmer, so maybe that's why, particularly the farmer's life on that planet, a farmer's uh, life for me, Sakara. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it was called. God, I'm good at this. Really suited him because it was already something that he that he desired. When I was a boy, I dreamed of two very different lives. Only two. I wanted hundreds. Enough. I would be a magnificent warrior, merciless in battle, fearless, the kind they write Shintok sonnets about. That is a healthy dream. But I also wanted the simple life, family, children, a furnished garden that I planted with my own hands. Those kinds of dreams cannot be found, Brave Luxon. You have to build them. And I promise you, your hands are still strong. And there is plenty of time. So here we see the shot I was just talking about with the lacquer getting zapped by the uh, archaeology gun. Yes. And gets turned into stone because, like... Altering the DNA turns creatures into stone or something That's like that. Something. Sucks the DNA out of it because it reverses history. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Hand wave. No, yeah, exactly. Like I've... As I've mentioned, I've recently been watching Tenet several, several times, yes. and that's given me a particularly uh, a, a deep appreciation of the complexity of entropy. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the command carrier, uh, Commander uh, Boop Window has converted the space pool table into a hot tub. <laughs> yes, and she's 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 bathing in donkey milk. Yes, let's call it milk. Oh, wow, this is <laughs> this is going to push the boundaries of uh, our usual PG thirteen rating. It. <laughs> She seems very comfortable in whatever this gunk is that she's uh, that yes. she's comfortably bathing Whereas in. Whereas Braca isn't. Closer. She orders him closer. Closer. And closer. Eventually and on his knees. On his knees next to the tub and then she picks up a little bit of boob sweat with her fingers and brushes it across uh, Braca's lips which seems to uh, have yeah. some sort of mind control properties. He She uses it on John later as well. He's got the mad hot yes. at this point, and even his his sort of stoic restraint. So is she a full submission? Or do we have another weird high up in submission command person who is not actually a submission, despite the fact that submissions really hate impure submissions? I completely shared your your question, and we will find out, I'm sure. Yep. But here's a here's the thing, like she reminded me of the PK. Barbies, that Scorp- uh, Scorpius' nurses. Yes. Um, okay. 
Because aside from Scorpius as nurses, we've only seen uh, Sebastians with natural human skin and eye coloring, neither of which she has. So yeah. there may be makeup or there may be some something. sort of species intermingling. Yes. And those nurses we've seen have had that as well. We had one with, with stark red hair and, and, and also interesting makeup mm. and uh, Very good point. Uh, green colored eyes, I think there were. Yeah. So that's the best. Uh, Guess we have so to go on so far on, on the information that we have been given. We won't need a squadron. We'll go to the planet together. You and me, three marauders, 20 soldiers. Why? <laughs> I always assumed John Crichton was just an outlaw. An excuse for Scorpius' mistakes. But he destroyed a command carrier. The Scarens desire him, perhaps, somehow. I can use him, perhaps. Scorpius' enemy will be my friend. Oh, yes, that was like a shot in the in actually previous scene between her and uh, Braca, oh, where, yeah. where we got this classic... Star Trek moment is like, how long will it take us to get there? Ten arms, make it five. How? Yes, yeah. like no, there's there's actually no way. You for want, that do to... you want me to whip the rowers any harder to make the ship go faster? Yeah, it's like that, that just just doesn't happen. Planes don't fly faster if you if you fly them with more attitude. Yes. Anyway, we see a moment where Vela actually acts like the professor she is toward her students. Yes, introducing her to okay, you got to watch out for these this. This is evidence of grave robbers, and they leave behind... Snares. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, because it's usually snares are left behind against grave robbers, not by grave robbers, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess to weed out the competition. Maybe. Only if they plan on coming back, which I suppose, like, this place hasn't been exhausted yet. Dargo is, like, snooping. He's overhearing this conversation. My least favorite style of drama, that the, <laughs> the overheard conversation that they yeah. shouldn't have overheard. Because, because Vela is sort of praising Jules' acumen and sort of potential as a student. But asking, like, why are you hanging out with an inferior Luxon? There's a huge yeah. amount of racist bigotry here. He is... He's my friend. But not your equal. Intellectually, Luxons are a subspecies. He will make mistakes. You will be blamed for them. I know. You are responsible for your servant's behavior, but there's a lot of implied uh, speciesism in that. And she doesn't stand up for him. No, which is what he holds against her later on. Dago, you can't blame Vela if she thinks she's smarter than you. No, but I can't blame you. I never believed that any of you cared what I thought. I care. And just so you know, if someone had criticized you or insulted you, called you a stuck-up, arrogant little princess, I'd have defended you. John is doing a... Uh, um, a Titan AE thing with his exactly, hand up. Yes, exactly yes, what I was yes, thinking. Yes, he's holding his hand up and sort of trying to uh, see how... Oh, oh, maybe he's thinking that the symbol on the wall was some kind of astronomical it's, yes. kind of... But he's holding it up against the sun, or actually the sun coming from behind. And this was where, like, he's just sort of walking around, and it really hit me. I can't remember the last time that the Moyans sort of walked around without some problem to solve or some crisis to flee from for this long, for yeah. 20 minutes. I mean, they kind of have a problem to solve 
as is in, it? That's, well, what's going on on this planet with the temple and everything like that. Hey, but that's, which of them do you think really cares about that at this point? Oh, only Joel. Right? Yeah. I mean, John. Well, no, John also. Because yeah. John was fascinated by those symbols. You saw him drawn to that, and now he's like doing that same hand pose. He's trying oh, to figure yeah. out. He's trying to figure out what's going on. This gets complicated because uh, Wasface shows up with the inf- the other Inferon. Inferon yeah. shows up holding Granny. Yeah, the security officer Tarnat, I think his name is, is yeah. holding is holding Granny, and I found this one pretty difficult to to sort of figure out how, what's going. So he thinks that she is a danger to the operation, and therefore it must be Crichton's fault, because Crichton must be the leader. Vela may not fear you, but I know you're their leader. I've heard about you. Okay. That's Except that, right. what I'm piecing together. Yeah. She is getting trying to get John to kill him outright. Because he's one of the defilers. Oh, yes. Is what and she says. That, yes. Uh, John just knocks him out, and she shows him how she thinks that John should hit him more. <sighs> which John goes, the f***. What the hell are you doing? Why are you telling me to shoot people? Because you have to. Bella will take the Darnas probes and use them as a weapon. Why do you think she sent the rest of the dig team away? I have no idea. There was peace here once. You must see what was lost here. I can't let this happen anywhere else. Would you... <gasps> there! No! See. See the ancient world. See. As a uh, repayment for his good services and help, he gets a face full of cocaine. Yay! And gets his... Oh, here we have a good shot of the... Uh of the aliens of the priests and yes here we hear them chanting the opening tune yes very good it was it was such a such a fantastic moment to to to, to sort of discover this and yes they're 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 dressed in these magenta robes they're all around this they're kind of dressed like the spanish inquisition to be honest but oh yeah a little bit uh and john is watching how watching how they sacrifice a four-horned four-eyed goat Yep. As he later calls it. Yep. This this prop is something that uh, David Kemper had wanted for as long as the series existed. He wants some sort of space goat. Come see the tasty human goat. And ah. there was never, like, an excuse for it. And then finally he could have a space Priest. goat. <laughs> they called it Goatzilla. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I think it's a very brave thing to suddenly start using your own theme song in an episode, you know, because the theme song's just trying to, yeah, it's just a little audio jingle, I suppose, that's supposed to keep people uh, reminding you of the program. And then to actually start using that in the story, that's a a, uh, courageous decision, I'll call it. I mean, in in film studies, which I've done, we call it diegesis. uh uh, And the term is diegetic. And diegetic refers to whether sound that you hear comes from the reality of the film or it exists right. outside. So most music, like theme tunes, are non-diegetic right. because they don't come from inside. And sometimes, like you'll see that played with a little bit, like it starts off as this, and uh, it turns out to be playing on the radio. I'm playing on the radio, and it yeah. becomes diegetic. But here, like it's it's something quite different. Something that has existed in a non-diegetic becomes yeah. a diegetic feature. Yeah. I mean, I loved how BSG did that as well. They they kind of do it with the uh, all along the watchtower but oh, but the better yeah. the better one is when uh, I don't remember which episode it is but one of them ends with some janitor just sweeping up the corridor and he's whistling the original BSG intro tune oh yes 
which is a colonial anthem. Yeah. Like you hear it a few times over the, over the series. Also a very, very good series. And it's in this vision that he sees this golden tetrahedron. Yes. And he uh, picks it up and he finds it and then he gets to see the... It, it kind of it doesn't look like a wormhole. It just more looks like yeah, a glowy circle which impacts the uh, the area with three prongs to it, which apparently are the three things that uh, our uh, professor is looking for. And now yeah. he knows where they are because he saw where they landed. And she continues to whisper at him, and then she gives him some more cocaine. But this is sleepy cocaine. Yes, and he wakes up in the water. Where the the creature from the Black Lagoon... Oh, he it's, is so And John gorgeous. tries to get away from him, because like, oh, what, you could have been drowning. And like, no, 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 I was just trying to wake you up. And uh, Like, for an aquatic creature, that, that makes, makes sense. complete yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't just bring some water and splash it onto someone's face. But you can also mm. just drag them in the water. It's much better. Yeah, more water is better water. Yeah. John has no idea what's going on. He's trying to figure out who's been messing with his mind, when and what. Wait, wait, stop! I'm not going to hurt you! There's a lot coming up, poor old John, isn't there? Yes, he is still having his mind messed with tremendously. I mean, he kind of always has had that, but it's becoming more explicit and a little bit more, more esoteric at this point. A lot of people are piling it on top of one another. There's all these mysteries mm. and drugs that he's being fed. Now, what, what this creature's motivation seems to be is he thinks Vela's in danger from the old woman. Yes. You must stop, old woman. Right, just let me clear the antifreeze out of my head. Vela, she has found the third probe. It's still under the ground. Your old lady, she swears she will kill Vela so she cannot use it as a weapon. No, no, no. She, she's just nuts. She's not going to do anything. <laughs> she, she take your gun. Granny! Because the old woman is worried what, about what Vela will do with the probes. Yes, because the, the knowledge of the probes cannot be uncovered because then other, you know, things might go wrong. Well, it's a weapon of mass destruction. Like, yeah. it, it made a planet that was flourishing. That's what she wanted to show him. Like, yes. this, was, this was what existed here. I mean, not just this religion and this culture, but even, as, as Jewel has, uh, has, has sort of revealed, the people of this planet maintained a peace with both the Scarens and the peacekeepers. Right, and it's like, we're wondering, okay, how did they manage to do that, even though there was no, uh, there's no record of this? Yeah. I mean, you'd think that, like, both the peacekeepers and the Scarens know about these people. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's 12,000 cycles ago. They're, they're, they're talking about, like, 500 generations, so apparently that's how uh, they're significantly yeah. older, yes. even than we assumed. I mean, we knew that the breakaway colonies happened uh, 1,900 cycles ago, but... 12,000 cycles, that's a lot more. Uh, and the creature tells him, hey, she took your gun. Yes, Winona, which really pisses him off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. And now it sort of kicks off in, into sort of a cross-editing frenzy. We're going to be cutting between various different scenes that, that don't all sort of resolve together very well. We've a quick shot of Rigel, who's doing stuff with the glowing rock on Pilot's yep. console... While Pilot is sort of murmuring, awakening, he goes, no, 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 there's absolutely nobody here. There's no one Everything's here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'm not here. Don't worry. Who's there? It's all right. There's no one here. No one at all. Oh, Dargo's done some day drinking and takes Jewel to task for not sticking up for him. Yeah. Seems like I would have defended you. And very correctly, like, 
she tries to, to to say that most Interiums think that that Luxons are inferior. That's just how yeah. it is, and she's very regretful about it. But hey, this is sort of this is bigotry. Yeah. And do you believe it? And she admits, so she says like, well, I don't think you. I think you're an exceptional Luxon, which kind of implies that she does believe it, except that she's making an exception for him. And that's a shitty thing. It like is. the yeah. it's not so much a shitty, like you can you can believe that if that's if that what happens in your mind is totally fine. But that you can then also be friends with and and be worthy of the respect of one of these people at the same time that you believe that that's not okay. Yeah. What do you think? Don't ask me that. More conversations with Rigel and Kozu who's I think she's about to pick up the transmission. There's, there's so much happening. Here yeah, there's like there's a whole discussion. I think it, I think it's actually later when uh, Rigel is like thinking that uh, Sekozu is going to like dart off on the um, in the module, and he's like, "I'm going with you." And it's like, "I can't go anywhere. Don't worry about it. I'll be back." Yeah, which is like really showing uh, Rigel's character again. <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, if you're like if you're leaving, <laughs> I'm going with you. I am not staying behind here." There are now some sequences that. To me, as a as a photographer, felt really weird. They're using some lenses they haven't used before. Very, yeah, wide, very wide angle. Yeah, in the tunnels, very deep depth of field. Because Granny is looking for something, and John is looking for Granny, and she has Winona as yes. she's crossing through all these hallways. And then we see Dargo finding the history gun, mm-hmm. um, and we see Vela who turns toward the camera as if this is a viewpoint. Yes, and says, "What are you doing here?" Unafraid and gets shot. We see that blast from uh, uh, John's perspective, yeah. who's on the surface, who sees like who is looking. He's been down into another tunnel before. He's like, okay, this is not the right tunnel. Goes back out, wandering through the jungle. And just as he's passing over this tunnel, there's like the blast, and he goes crawling down inside to see what's going on. He finds Vela, who is one with the wall. She's been fused with with one of those history guns, yes. just like the Laka. He's grabbed from behind by Dargo, who says, shh. And so he yells. And Dargo says again, shh. And so he yells some more. And they continue, and he continues like, please, just, oh, just shut up, John. John, please, yeah. no, no, but what's going on? Just please, please, please. So it's kind of weird. So we have first the, oh, yeah, no, wait, hang on. First we have the granny who is moving around, and it's Vela who gets shot. Which is what John sees, but yeah. it's not Granny who shoots Vela, at least not with Winona. Right, so who do you think done it? Who done it? Who sought Vela? Oh, it is interesting. I'm not sure. I think it's Granny, to be honest. We do cut after this scene to her, uh, which also involves the creature from the Black Lagoon. He is also there, yeah. and an unconscious Tarnat. Um, Hang on, who's Tarnat again? Oh, he's the security interior. Oh, yes, yes. And now she's praying over a mound of rocks and a sculpture of some sort, and she's praying for Vela's soul. Yes. No matter how selfish she was, because... And that statue, it, it looks a bit Luxonish with the... Uh, tentacles, yeah. Te- tenkas. Well... See, I remember, I remember that's what they're called. <laughs> they're Tenkas if they're Luxon, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And now Jewel and Chiana have also joined the scene to sort of marvel at uh, uh, Rocky Vela. yeah. And they just and sort of... Jules, yeah, China's like, oh, can't we let's, like chop her down and take her with us or something <laughs> like that? This would, this would look good on command, you know? It shows, shows our enemies what we do, what happens to them when they uh, mess with us. Damn. Uh, make a nice little bowsprit, like, you know, of, uh, uh, ornament for Moya. Oh, yes. 
Because uh, what every pirate vessel need oh, no, I was about to say, is that I'm made on your prow. No, thank there you. There you go. For some reason, John takes Tarnat out to the rocks, which I'm not completely sure why the why he they've got him sort of as a prisoner. Yes, well, he's yeah, they're 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 moving around, and John is like, oh wait, I remember this place, and he has the history gun, and he goes like, oh, just point and click, and he like dissolves some rock which is standing there, and underneath he finds the the little uh, D4. Yeah, and it's quite a big uh, D4 actually. I has a discussion with uh, Tarnat about, like, can you recognize it? This one's in Tyrion. That one might be early Sebation. Never seen the others. What do they mean? The symbol is peace. Security. Peace. You recognize any of the symbols? Yeah, that one kind of looks like Egyptian. It might be, yeah. Yeah. From my home my world. My home world. Oh, so they're like... Again, a little bit more uh, uh, Stargate-y f- vibes there now, because suddenly now there has been contact with the Uncharted yeah. territory. No, wait, that's sort of the other uh, week. Uh, I wonder what the fourth side was. Though. They've yeah. talked about three of them. Yeah. Well, they were so-called, like, I wouldn't call a, 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 a polyhedron a tile. A tile is a flat thing to me. Right, yes, I agree completely. Uh, I mean, it's probably going to turn out to be like ancient Scarron or something. That would make sense. Oh, yikes. I suppose. Or maybe it just won't come up again. You know how far Skeppy is. You just drop plot lines like this for no reason. Like a hot potato. Do you know what this means? It means there's a link between my world and this one. Somehow they're connected. Pip. Peacekeepers. And now the game changes once again. Because Sukozu in orbit has uh, has received some information about the peacekeepers approaching. Yes, um, she upgraded John's radio. Yeah, I think there's talk of warning Moya not to come until the uh, peacekeepers have left. It's kind of unclear whether or not that message actually get transmitted. There's a lot of faffing about setting up a communications channel, which the pilot of yeah. this uh, Leviathan can't do anymore, and I think they want to use the the module to get out. Uh, oh yeah, Sukozu is uh, actually going yeah. to fly down to the planet. Right. Because she's got, like, she has synthesized some combustion liquid. Yes. Yeah, she she, uh, she done made some petrol to fly down to the planet and at least inform people. Dargo is also receiving a, a notification inside Lola, mm. which he, he sort of strides out of with his with his quarter blade. And yes. it's such a heroic pose. It's yes. such a good gif. And now everybody's a peacekeeper prisoner. And Tarnat buys it. He's shot for no good reason. Yeah, the peacekeepers just show up. En masse, I believe, three marauders and the, the squadrons in them. Sikozu introduces herself to Darko. Yeah. By by standing sideways on the on the edge of a of an atrium and holding <laughs> yes. a gun to his head and telling him, Don't radio. They already know this peacekeepers. They are imprisoned by peacekeepers. And we get to see how the mighty have fallen. Remember me? Oh yeah. I remember a couple of things. Tell her to shove it up talk, right? <laughs> I can make things easy for you. And to prove my goodwill. Braca? Oh, yeah. Because Scorpy is on his hands and knees. That was. Actually, on a leash. At least was Wayne Pygram's idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. if you're going to go big, go big. Yeah, go all the way. Uh, he seems to be a little bit out of it, thanks to the uh, green party glow stick. 
yeah, it's not, it's not agreeing with him. And he's there as a sign of good faith. Yep, they're about to give him to John and like, do with him as you want. Because initially, Grazer was not interested in John at all. No. But circumstantially, evidently, Scorpius was totally obsessed with him, uh, mm-hmm. and the Scarons want him as well. Yes. And the enemy of the enemy might be My a useful tool. Yeah, well, yes. So she's, uh, like, it's unclear exactly what she wants from him, but she would like him to be on her side. Yes. And in trying to achieve that, she lays the boob sweat on him. Yeah. Which at first he sort of violently responds to. Yeah. But she's utterly fearless yeah. and stares into his eyes and you get this close-up of her incredibly detailed contact lenses and Chiana sort of questions what he's doing when Chiana he sees it. what's going on like Chiana sees that he's being oh, manipulated yeah, of course. she immediately sees what's, uh, what's going on that's yeah, why she looks so angry about it you uh, don't play a player yeah she kisses him John doesn't seem to be particularly happy about that kiss what must but, he be going but through but she's like oh we'll see I'll see you in an iron yeah we see another scene with Greza and Braca. Uh, some interesting Dutch angles, where they're yes. looking at the sensors on the wall and that the magnetics will be moving in in 20 arms, and he gets to put another green glow stick into Scorpius's head. Because Despite he's... his protestations, and this is for every time I had to say yes. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of abuse. Oh, absolutely. Being yeah. explored and also not explored, not sufficiently <laughs> explored here. We see the creature of the Black Lagoon doing a Naruto run underwater. <laughs> Which is, in all fairness, a fairly good way to walk underwater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some distance going. And he sees that two of the two probes, or whatever they're called, are still safe. Yeah. Because, I mean, you'd think that uh, Commander Cleaveridge would want those, but she doesn't... Commandant... Commandant Cle- oh, Cleaveridge. Oh, no, you know what? I'm just going to stop correcting you. Why would it's, I... It's Commander Boobwindow or Commandant Cleaveridge. Sorry, you yes. can call no. her whatever you like. It's, it's, I always delight in your, in your bizarre nicknames. Yeah. So it was, it was said off screen that Vela had found the third one and that maybe, like, at least in the, in the old woman's paranoid perception, that's what Vela was after. She was after this weapon. Mm. That she wanted to reactivate or use, and no one or maybe should to have study it. it. I mean, scientists, you know. Yeah, also that. Although apparently someone killed her for it or unrelated to it. We just don't know. We just don't rightly know. No, everybody's in the cell, or at least the girls are. We've captured the Interian, an Abari, and an old Traskan. And Jewel does what, what people do when they're newly imprisoned. She just shares her Gushes, woes. Yeah. Two. Yeah. When we first met, did you know I was on the run? Accused of stealing from an Oasian gem mine. Okay. We've all got to cheer up, okay? Because you are driving me nuts. I stole things from Diggs, but things that I needed to study, to learn more. You understand? I don't have a problem with that, Jewel. But I never stole from here. There is this legend of this glorious temple here that touched the sky and no one's ever found a trace of it. And I dreamed of discovering it and now I'll never discover any of it. Thanks for sharing. And China's like, oh, come on, you amateur. Yeah. Oh, how can you ever trust me again? <laughs> like, I'm cool with slavery. Yeah. Like, no, that's, in fact, that's a plus. <laughs> okay. So the, the really hilarious thing about this scene is the end of it. 
Yeah. It's like when they're having a talk and it's like, okay, the, the woman goes like, oh, get me a distraction. I'll and get us out of Gianna here. takes two steps to the side and starts talking to the guard who's in been the, listening to this entire conversation. In the same tone of voice, know, right? just as loud. <laughs> This guard that, by the way, on your excellent OLED TV was completely invisible. He was completely know, in the dark. Right? Yeah. We had no, I had no idea who she was whispering to. You barely see the silhouette of his pauldron. But it's like, okay. And there's a second guard as well who also overhears. So apparently. But yeah, this works. And then we see the meeting of John and Greza on the beach. Well, beach on the rocky cliffs. Well, there's yes. Not much okay. Sydney. But uh, yes, Winona's back. Oh no! This is the oh, uh, uh, what's it called? The, the commandant's pistol. Yeah, what do you call that again? You've got a you've got a real world equivalent to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got the same sort of tapered tip. It's a it's a little semi-automatic weapon. Oh, okay. Oh, I want to say scorpion or something or. Well, the, the, the scorpion is a, a particular brand of uh, machine pistol. Oh, I recognize so, it from uh, Counter Strike. Uh, it'll 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 bug oh, me at some point. Yeah, there's more making out as observed by Scorpius and uh, Braca. Do you like that? It's better than what Scorpius used to do. Crichton's unable to resist, like he wants to reach for the gun and defend himself. Mm-hmm. But her whatever mind controlling boob sweat and yeah. This is and this is this is again it's a very confusing scene where you're not entirely sure in which order things are going on. Because this is intercut with shots of Granny who is talking about how the weapon cannot be allowed to be used or fall into hands or... And in order to maintain peace, there must be sacrifice. Yes. That's something that she repeats a few times. Sudden cut, I assume, to commercials. Yeah. And now it's Granny and John sitting back on top where he found the tetrahedron. What do you think about how John's sitting here when she finds him? He looks violated. Right? Yeah. And... Again, it is not being discussed or processed. Which what happened, yeah, or how it got resolved or what happened, but it's just Granny talking to him, he's, explaining how she gave him the visions, but the visions went too far because of the magnetic field, and he saw things that he shouldn't have. What did you do to me? Must be the magnetics. Pushes the vision further. Somehow the suggested turned real. Does Grazer know you saw the Darnes probes? No. Good. I have seen the carnage weapons of mass destruction bring. For Vela to have had one was awful to consider. But the peacekeepers... They must never have it, Crichton. As if that's something that he cares about in in, in this moment. So, more cocaine. (laughs) Which is her solution to everything. Yes, which is giving him visions of the weird kind because now he's seeing the priests coming at him. Yes. Because she has decided that John knows too much and he must die. Because she saw him with uh, with Grazer. She even asked him, like, did you tell her where the probes are? No, well, good, but we can't take that risk. Yeah. And I guess that's the sacrifice she was talking about. Peace can only be maintained if there is sacrifice. And she's sacrificing John. him. Yes. There's like a few really weird shots of John weirding out over the cocaine. Suddenly two versions of Granny dressed as priests. Blowing more cocaine into yes. his face. <laughs> but even as, as Bracca comes running up with some guards... To try and stop him, John takes the leap of faith, or desperation, whatever you want to call it. 
hey, for a stunt person to do this jump in leather pants and boots yeah. is very brave. Mm. I, mean, I would say that like they kind of help you guard you against the impact. Okay, but was swimming in leathers? Yeah. Swimming in leathers isn't... Just the creaking and the shrinkage and the... Uh, leather gets looser when it gets wet. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> sort of leather me up and let's go swimming. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we are going to Centre Parks in a few weeks' time. Yay! So. Yay! Hey, can I borrow your leather pants? No reason. <laughs> Completely unrelated. <laughs> Just no reason. It might not be very tight on you, though, but... Yeah. And I'm, yes, if, yeah. No, fair enough. You are you are a tall strider compared to me, and a, and, a, and a much fitter man than I. And we cut to be continued. Yes, like looking at Braca, going like, "Oh, do you, would you like some cocaine, kiddies?" Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and we know absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. Yes. So how does no this resolve, feel? No. Well, it feels like you know, first part of a two-parter in Farscape style. Okay. You know, we're being set up for a lot. There's there's lots of like open timelines. Okay, so I'll put another I'll put another hundred of you my Farscape hey, fun books. You don't oh. have any to put. Oh, to I put thought on. I still oh, had no, no, no. You, left. Yes, left, you left, you I, saved some. I saved. I think at least you saved two hundred. In fact, oh maybe. Oh well, gosh, I was going to do this whole spiel of opening a line of credits and whatever. No, you can spend your two hundred <laughs> however you like. Well, well done. I'm going to put a hundred on it being the creature of the Black Lagoon who's pulling John out of the water again because we've seen this uh, rescued by this rescued uh, by creature. The, yeah. rescued by the creature of the Black Lagoon. And I'll put another uh, hundred that he is somehow a descendant of the priests or, you know, that he's like spe- he's species, native. native or species related or maybe even a priest who has like managed to hold on for a thousand years or 10,000 years or right something on. along. Uh, yeah, distinct, yeah, distinct relation, either direct or, uh, you know, descendant of that uh, lineage. Yeah. All right. I'll take those. Yeah. And actually, I will sort of light a cigar and, uh, <laughs> and make you a deal that you can't refuse and offer you a line of credit because you've been making some really, really juicy uh, <laughs> sort of accusations of fuckery of the, the, the entire sort of storyline here. Do you want to, I mean, okay, so Jules' hair is full-time red now. Yeah. You've got the sort of tanned grooves for Dargo. What do you want to... Is there anything you want to sort of speculate on? Ooh. Can you translate that into, into something specific? And I will loan you from your own future winnings. Right. Some of which I've already calculated. Okay, well, ooh, it's a hard one. Because it's... it's I, I don't think there's actually a lot of direct fuckery going on right now. Yeah, you do. It, well... I think you do. I'm not sure. It's it's, it's very difficult to, to... That's why it's called speculation, baby. I, I just know. want you to be <laughs> bold and brave. Okay, but... Okay, so, I mean... I think that, like, Granny's fuckery is time-limited. You know, there's there's no huge arc of Granny spinning this entire thing out of thin air. Right, you know, okay. What we see going on is actually going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, people's perceptions might be colored by boob sweat and fairy cocaine. Right, okay, yeah. So there might be something more going on with... Yes, I mean... Okay, who's being mind-fucked by, by whom? John, clearly, by, by both Grazer and right. the old woman. Yeah. Through boob sweat and cocaine. Yeah. I think Dargo is also being mind-fucked by Granny. Okay, yeah. Uh, Chana isn't. Jewel is probably also not, because she's just, like, been under the uh, awe of mm. this professor type thing. 
I think it's Granny is manipulating John and Dargirl. All right. Yeah. And points that you want to... I'll put 150 down on that. 150. Yeah. All right, all right. 150 on credit. I think that's entirely fair. And I really appreciate, like, your <laughs> speculation because this is just... Uh, it's such a weird opening or, or such a weird experience to be so lost in a series that we knew so well. Yes. And they're, like, yeah, they're really playing with... I wouldn't say with your expectations, but with what's going on. And, like... Yeah. Making it very difficult for uh, long-time viewers to keep a good grip, which I, if, if they're trying to draw a new audience, I can kind of understand because they want to kind of put those on the same footing as right, yeah. everybody else. Actually, that's a really good point because Farscape had a had a, a, a very mature internet following at this point. Like it had a lot of presence mm-hmm. uh, on the old web. And this would put new viewers and old viewers on the same footing. They'd be able to share the same questions and speculate together. Yes, without all the old people going like, well, no, obviously not. Obviously because, because yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's a, that would actually be a clever move if they did that intentionally. Okay, yeah, I would really love to hear from someone who who started with season four. But before we get there... She gives me a Woody. She gives you the willies. Ooh, damn, this is a hard one. Uh, hey, that's actually from Thank God It's Friday again, by the way. Oh, right, yes. But those were the tannered grooves that we were listening to. <laughs> to. Yes. Oh, let's see. Okay, willies first. I guess it's... I mean, Willie's is all the the weird mind fuckery and the 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 date well the date raping and the I don't think there was a date there. No, but that was that was just straight up like sexual abuse. Fair of, enough of John, which we don't see often. Like the, the we don't no. see men being being no, sexually no, no, abused after, in, I mean, in both stories. Bracca and John and very good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Braca also seemed to a little bit be a little bit out of it. Uh, yeah. Although she turned him away, it's like she she showed him what power she has over him and then pushed him away. So yeah. that's, uh, I guess that go, that gets my willy. Yeah, mine too. In fact, no, I'll take it. I'll take it a step further. Farscape's, to my, I mean, this is the thing that dates Farscape much more than than than, than anything else to me. Like. It's not engaging with the, 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 the sort of necessary processing of trauma, even though it's gone a lot farther than like the Rick Berman era Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, where people are just fine an episode later, yeah. right? You know, they go through, they go through uh, torment traumatic or, or, or whatever, and it just yes. never comes up again. Yeah. And here, at least, like there are still consequences, but nobody's talking about it, empathizing with each other, showing the showing the care that they need. Everybody's internalizing and just festering and festering. Yes, very good point. And they're, and they're alone, which is so incongruous with the relationship that, that, that they've built with each other. The, the trust and loyalty and love that they, that they have toward each other is not expressed by caring for someone who's gone through something horrible. Chiana, John. It's showing that, yeah, it's, it's, de- it's definitely starting to show where on their... Uh, personas but yeah. it's not like yeah it's not addressed at all which i mean i guess maybe that's not what they do it's like you know even they're 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 a, they're a family i mean yeah on board moya they just don't talk about these things so it kind of makes it's it, it's not without real world precedent let me put it oh, like that absolutely absolutely <laughs> but like in either it's case not, whether it's a missed it's, opportunity that they could have yeah i i used. really don't know whether this can whether i can i can consider this uh, a negligence on the part of the creative team or the creative choices or uh, 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 just flawed characters mm. doing this but like either way it gets my willy no right that leaves us with the woody oh for me it's the 
I keep forgetting whether it's the Blue Lagoon or the Black Lagoon. One of them actually has willies in it, doesn't it? That's Blue Lagoon. Okay, so the creature from the Black Lagoon gets my woody because, wow, what a fantastic creature. And sort of the camera following him underwater. Yeah, that's really good. When do you see that in sci-fi? Very good point. Yeah, right. it's, 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 it's almost kind of like shot like Navy SEALs, how, how you see them like di- disappearing underneath the water with, with the yeah. camera following them. That's kind and of, he's still got his eyes open? Yes, and, it's, and you can see, well, you can see all the bubbles coming out of his makeup, but, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just uh, how he breathes. Yeah. Who Fair knows? Point. Yes. My Woody, I think, will have to go to Rigel and pilot and the pilot. I love this. That, those, yes, that was really cool. Even though he ended up biting her, she yeah, was just like, to just get, her, get her, awake. her awake again. Like I thought it was like, yeah, Rigel being in a place where he would much prefer not to be, but still actually doing the thing. I mean, Rigel's been getting a lot of my Woodies, hasn't he? Uh, he deserves them. True, true, very much so. <laughs> he's uh, the heart and soul of this this show, as, I, as I've often said. Also, a case where he's been, uh, like, nobody's asked him about a shiner. Nobody's no. asked him why he's got a black eye or a red eye in his case. Yeah, and it's sad. It's taken a time to heal. Maybe yeah. the soft-skinned amphibian is having a bit of a hard time dealing with uh, that kind of physical trauma. Time for a molt. Is that something oh. that they do? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so Molten is a reptile thing. Uh, we don't know about space creatures. True, true. In any case, molto bene. Did you get it? Because of the molting that we were molto just... Molto bene. Oh, right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I think we say like that's the story so, so far, far escape, escape at this yes. point. Please join <laughs> us in two weeks' time or next week for more fanfics and in two weeks' time for episode 403, Resurrection, What Was Lost, Part 1, in which the crew discovers... That's got to be a typo. Hold on. That's definitely got to be Part 2, right? Right, yes. Little boo-boo on my part. Pardon me. What Was Lost, Part 2, Resurrection. The crew discovers how far Scorpius has fallen in the Peacekeeper ranks. They must find and activate all the probes to stop the magnetic storm on Arnesk, but someone doesn't want them stopped. Oh, no. (laughs) You can find us at SoFarscape on Facebook and Twitter. We always love hearing from all of our beloved listeners we've got a patreon we've got a a form where you can submit your own synopses keep them coming for season four we absolutely love them you can submit fanfics as well of which we actually haven't been receiving that many it's been mostly me diving into uh, fanfiction.net so if you have any favorites especially if they're under about four thousand words and they happen to be comedic we'd really love to hear those you can find all those links at at sofarscape.com slash links and don't forget to check out we've been talking about the farscape theme song we have our very own courtesy of lee she's lee writes songs she's also known as the punk artist give them l which (laughs) is so cool yes find her on spotify rock out thank you so much i'm cocky I'm Kay. So So far, far, Scape's so good. good.